With Third Person Limited, we want to ensure that the characters' beliefs are reflected in the narrator's description of things, not by necessarily telling us what the character thinks, but by coloring their fictional world, setting people, events, with the character's perspective, informing the words selected. Peter Mountford. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Leah Seuss. Our question today is, is having multiple point of views the same as head hopping? I feel like we did a fairly good job last month talking about identifying head hopping. But one of the questions that we've seen pop up since we covered it is surrounding having several different points of view in your story itself. Because black and white takes place from several different characters' points of view, does that count as head hopping? Do I only write my story from a single character's point of view? And the quick answer is no. It is not the same thing. There are very clear lines between multiple point of views and head hopping. And when I say clear lines, I mean literal lines in your story, in the formatting of the book. There are empty lines, empty spaces. We call those scene breaks. So let's get into the long answer of this question. What is the difference between having multiple point of views, which is a good thing in your story, and head hopping, which is a bad, bad thing? I do want to say that having multiple points of view being a good thing depends on the story you're trying to tell. I am a huge fan of writing from several different points of view because the reader has more information than any one character. And don't lie, you like it because you get to write from the villain's point of view. Absolutely. So like I mentioned a minute ago, the biggest difference between multiple POVs and head hopping is having scene breaks. This is a formatting, nonverbal way of announcing that something is changing in your story. That can be a time, a location, or a point of view shift. In middle grade books, that's about the first time you'll see books with multiple point of views. And in those books, they tend to have a point of view per chapter, and the chapter will be labeled with that character. And that does carry through into YA, especially early YA. But that is another great way to do a point of view shift if you're worried about it not being clear who is speaking. You can make it a chapter break instead of a scene break and label it. One of the reasons why we say head hopping is bad is because it doesn't anchor the reader to be looking over the shoulder of a single character. So when you shift to a different point of view, the reader can understand, okay, we're looking over someone else's shoulder. Having your transitions between those different point of views is a very key part in this process. I have seen head hopping go from one person's inner thoughts to another person's inner thoughts in the same paragraph. And it is very confusing. It is like having whiplash because I don't know that it's a different person's inner thoughts until I get most of the way through it and I realize, oh, it's the guy now thinking about her, not her thinking about him. So the most essential part in doing multiple point of views correctly is having that scene break. I will say it again over and over. There are other things you can do during that transition to make it feel smooth and to make it clear that you're telling the story from a different character's point of view. 
So that's the next little bit that we're going to talk about is how do I transition from one point of view to another? The first, in case you couldn't guess, is hitting enter twice. It's that scene break. Get that in there because that will always need to be there in order to signal to the reader we're changing something. I heard someone say online that you use enter twice with no graphic if it's a change in point of view but still the same scene but you use a little graphic squiggly if you're changing either time or location. And see, I've only seen graphic squigglies, either that's used every time, or as a, hey, you're having a scene break at the bottom of this page and it's not super clear, so we want to make sure you know this is a scene break because there's no words after this on this page. So that question of if there should be a graphic here or not depends on your publisher and or yourself if you're self-publishing after the editing is done often after the book is in a proof print format, not released to the world, but if you have a proofreader, that's something that they should be keeping an eye out for. Or you'll have something like a Tom Clancy novel where they have the time and location stated at the scene break because it's important somehow to the plot to have this very clear timeline. One of the things that I found really helped me, especially when I was pinning down these types of transitions in my writing, is to make sure that the first name that we read after the scene break is the point of view character's name. It doesn't have to be the first word. It just has to be the first name that we encounter. It's not necessary, but it is helpful as you're getting the hang of it, especially if you don't yet have very clear character voices, because that's really going to be the biggest thing to point to whose point of view it is at this moment, is having very good, clear, defined character voices. Not all of us are there yet. You can have pronouns in this. You can say, enter, enter. What did she think she was doing? Jason had to bang his head against the desk. The first name in that is Jason, so we can safely say that's from his point of view, even though he's thinking about her first. You can also set it up as a transition. Sometimes it will be a conversation that certain characters are having and you have that scene break and you pop over to a new point of view. A lot of the times if this happens mid-conversation, it's actually a chapter break to really be clear that, hey, we're switching and it's usually some sort of like big reveal, big moment or whatever. But there are other ways in this transition idea that you're in the same scene, but switching to a different point of view. You can also use things like a sound or a particular bit of dialogue, something like that, that is an anchor in the moment. So she pulled the trigger. Scene break. He heard the gun go off. That type of transition gives us an immediate sense of camera shift, as well as we're still in the same location. So it turns almost into a call and response between the two scenes. You have the first scene, very last line is the call, and the next scene, very first line is the response. So setting up that transition can be incredibly helpful in making sure you are clearly communicating to your readers. We're changing points of view here. The next thing I want to advise you guys to keep in mind as you're transitioning different points of view is whose point of view are you transitioning to? It should be the most interesting character for that scene. It's not necessarily the next one in the sequence. You don't want to just bounce back and forth between the two every single scene because, well, that's how we kind of want to write. 
You need to take the point of view that is impacted most by that scene, that will have the most interesting internal narrative or internal expressions for whatever is happening in that scene. So if you have one character lying to another character and you want the audience to know character A is lying to character B, take character A's point of view because then you can be dropping stuff out of dialogue, make it clear, and we don't necessarily hold it against character B for not figuring out the character A is lying to them right away. Another way that you can do this transition well is to start your new scene with an opinion. And an opinion, especially if it is unique to the characters whose point of view we're taking. This helps you drop immediately into the new character's voice and drop the readers into that character's shoes, so to speak. Opinions are a great tool for increasing the potency of your character's voice and for making it super clear from the get-go whose point of view we're talking about. Another question that is kind of tangential to this idea of head hopping versus multiple point of views is having multiple point of views when you're writing in first person. How I specifically write is I only give one person first person point of view. Everyone else gets third person limited. This makes it super clear that when I say first person I, I only mean this one particular character. Not every author does it that way, but I found this eliminates a lot of confusion and makes everything just flow a lot smoother. The one that I can think of where you did this was black and white. And part of your motivation behind that was because the main character, we knew her by one name at the start. And then she started getting referred to as a nickname partway through. So whenever we're taking her point of view, it actually clears it up and keeps a fairly consistent feeling through the story, even though her name changes mid-book. It would be very easy to think that this one character disappeared entirely and a whole new one popped up. So overlapping those with first-person I makes it a lot clearer in the storytelling. And... Keep in mind with this, how you structure your story can help with writing in a first person, even if you're taking multiple points of view. You can do something like everything is a diary entry and you're just including several different people's journals into creating the narrative of this book. And they're writing in their own journal. So, of course, it's going to be an I narrative because who writes their journals in third person? That's just weird. There are different fun, creative ways that you can do formatting where everybody gets an I narrative in your story, even if you're taking multiple points of view. I think the most important thing with this in particular, if you are writing first person narrative with multiple points of view, you have to be intentional and careful about how you do it. You have a lot less flexibility with your character voices. Sometimes picking up books that do this weird switch, it's difficult getting back into it if there's not a very clear difference in voice style. So to answer our original question, multiple point of views, good, yes, feel free, do that, experiment, enjoy it. Head hopping, not so good, you'll confuse your readers, you'll turn things off. If you want a more clear definition about head hopping, how to identify it, go to our episode about it last month, and then you can also search in our list of episodes for head hopping. We've covered it another time about what exactly head hopping is and why it's bad. If you want to switch point of views, use a scene break. And of course, even when you're writing those scene breaks, write selfishly. 
If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. <laughs>